You're listening to episode number 37 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, I interview Angela Willingham, author, speaker, coach, and founder of The Needless Journey. We talk all about her needless journey process and how it's a mindful approach to thriving with anxiety and depression. I have been so moved by this episode and I cannot wait for you to listen in. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Reyes, a college student here to help you fashion your passion and transform your life. This past year, I learned a lot about living out your true passions and implementing the best habits, and I'm ready to share these tips with you. Season three is nothing like you've ever heard on any other podcast before, and I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need. And all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Welcome back to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I am here with author, coach, and speaker, Angela, who also runs The Needless Journey. Angela, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. So welcome. Thanks. So for my listeners, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do? And then if you could just sort of talk about how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I started The Needless Journey about, gosh, it's been about 12 years ago now, but I didn't start sharing it publicly until October of 2019. So what it is, is it's a process that I developed for myself to really help me heal from clinical depression and anxiety disorder. You know, I look back now and I think I had some of the first symptoms of my first major depressive episodes during high school and really... I didn't quite understand what was going on and I didn't know why I was this bad and why I was so distant, why I was so tired. So instead of turning for help to my family, I just decided to start self-medicating with approval. And it might sound kind of strange, but you know, I, a lot of the young women I talk to really resonate with this, this idea of, you know, if I can do everything perfectly and I can do everything right and I get the good grades and I'm a, a cheerleader and class president and all these things, but then they won't notice what a mess I am on the inside. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I did until it all kind of came crashing down after I had my first child in the postpartum and, and everything was just too much. So I finally reached out for help and was diagnosed with clinical depression in my mid-20s. And so, but it wasn't until, gosh, probably the fall of 2008 where I really hit my rock bottom, where I decided that I had to do something and I had to take care of myself beyond therapy and medication, that it really was about making a choice to live a different kind of life. So in the fall of 2008, I started the needless journey of just, you know, there's science behind when you're creating new habits, you have to, or when you're trying to let go of something, like if you're trying to quit 
smoking or you're trying to quit being so judgmental or it was something that you're trying to quit, you need to replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. So like with smoking, you can say, I'm going to quit smoking because, and then I'll chew gum or I'm going to not drink wine every night. I'm going to have a tub of hot tea. Well, what I did is I was really frustrated with how judgmental and kind of mean I was and, and grumpy and really felt like the whole world owed me and I was a victim. So I developed these 12 needless habits of how to let go. So like the first one was needless perfection and need more grace. This idea of letting go of perfectionism. I am such a recovering perfectionist because I wanted everyone's approval. And I thought, well, gosh, if I get everything just right, then no one's ever going to call me out and say I did something wrong. And then I won't have this terrible feeling. So that's really kind of my evolution in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> of kind of where I got where I am now and a little bit about the needless journey. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And I know for me, it's definitely been so impactful. I just feel like because like you said, there's always been such a thing where it's like, oh, like take out this from your life, take out that from your life, take out this and that will help you. But it's like, if I take out those things, like then there's so many, like there's just so many holes. Like what do I add? And I love how you have like, yes, you need less of this, but also add more of that. So you said that there are 12 sort of like steps of the needless journey. What are like your top two that you like the most or, you know? Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the top two would be, I, I definitely think, need less approval and need more courage, because that's so part of my story, this idea that I needed. And when I say everyone's approval, I don't mean everyone. I, there were really some key people in my life that I was just trying to get their approval, and it just wasn't working. Like, no matter what I did, I couldn't get their approval. So what happened is I became a chameleon, and, you know, I was this way around one person because that would get their approval, or, you know, I'd go over here and hang out with these people, and I'd like this kind of music or I would be able to watch these kind of shows and then I'm looking thinking back into college you know? and then some of the groups of people I hang out, hung out with didn't drink and others did and so whatever group of people I was hanging out with I just did whatever I thought I could do to get their approval and so the habit is to need less approval and to need more courage and really the courage to be yourself to kind of like take a step back and retreat a little bit and go you know, who am I? I always think, I always crack up at the, I don't know if you've seen, oh gosh, Run Away Bride with Julia Roberts. It came out years ago, but there's like this scene where she, because she liked her eggs cooked however her boy, her boyfriend liked it. So she cooked eggs four different ways. But just say, okay, well, how do I like them? So, you know, I really kind of did that. I took a step back and was like, okay, do I enjoy drinking? Do I enjoy parties? Do I enjoy reading? Right? Like, what is it that I like to do? And what brings me joy? And then that's who I want to be. Those are the intentions I want to follow. Mm -hmm. So that would be second. The number one is the 12th habit is need less fear, need more love. And it really, it, it encompasses all of the other habits. Because if you look at all the habits, you know, I can, I can run through them. But if you look at them, all the things that you need less of are really emotions that are based in fear, yeah. right? Emotions and actions and things that we do are based in fear. And if you look at all the things that we need more of, they're all things based in love, right? So if you're yeah. like, okay, it's, well, I don't want to learn 12 new habits. I don't want to do it. Well, if you can just learn one, if you can learn to need less fear in your life and to need more love and to really face what is it that you're afraid of? Are you afraid of failure because you think you'll be judged? Are you afraid of intimacy because you were hurt one time? Like, what is it that you're afraid of? Face that and then move towards love and learn to respond and react out of love rather than fear yeah I love that because I feel like you know for this podcast especially there's been a lot of episodes where 
one of the you know messages from that podcast episode was, you know, like push past that fear and like move forward. And so how have you throughout this journey and like, you know, like you're, you know, you just got certified to be a coach and like all this stuff like that. How have you sort of pushed that fear in order to do the things you felt so called to do? I think knowing that I am enough, knowing that I have all the power within me to, to live my dreams and to live a fulfilled life. I, fulfillment is my word. I always try to like, talk to people and coach people about fulfillment because really when it comes down to it, you know, we, we think, you know, when I, when I coach people and they're having issues that say, you know, I'm working with a client who is spending too much money and shops too much, right? She doesn't have enough budget to do that. She just keeps shopping, but it's really causing a lot of stress in her marriage. And, and so I kind of say, well, what is the feeling? that you're looking for when you buy that when you buy that item mm-hmm. right and we're all looking for something we're looking for joy we're looking for happiness we're looking for feeling more good and I'm like what is that feeling and can you learn can you recognize it and then not do that thing that's not healthy like like they don't shop and buy it if you're trying to, to do that to have you know a feeling of happiness and really I think that what we're all looking for is to feel fulfilled <laughs> my southern yeah. accent comes out a little bit when I say that to feel <laughs> fulfilled in whatever it is that we're doing I think mean, especially with social media we know we watch these Insta perfect lives and that's you know, one of the things I try to do on Instagram is to go on every once in a while without makeup and just be like my gray roots showing and be like look y'all it's not perfect life isn't perfect and it's okay right. and I think it took me a long time to get to that place to accept myself as who I am and to know that I have all the tools inside me to live that dream so once I discovered that I was like I got it and to know that the world works out how it's supposed to work out and that everything in life I mean every experience I have is part of my journey like this interview is part of my journey you and I meeting you know in October was part of my journey Mm -hmm. thinking like right now going through some struggles with a teenage daughter that's part of her journey and maybe her mom is part of that journey too and know that all that is to help us learn lessons and I don't mean in a mean way like learn your lesson Missy but I mean just to teach us something and so you if you can take a step back and be aware of the situation and be aware of the lesson and say, okay, this really sucks. But what am I supposed to learn from this so that it doesn't happen again? Because for years, what kept happening over and over again in my life is I kept letting people down because I wasn't being true to who I am. Mm. And so it, when I was doing something that I thought they would approve of and then they didn't, it destroyed me. Yeah. Like I can give you an example. Like when it comes to my mom, I mean, we all want the approval of our moms, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a time she called me and she had gotten in a fight. I, we don't live in the same state. She got in a fight with my sister-in-law, and my sister-in-law pushed her down. And that is, like, so not how our family rolls. Like, we right. don't do that. So I was like, well, what in the world? She's, what? So I call my sister-in-law, and I get my brother on the phone. This was before, you know, everyone had cell phones, and they could pick up this. <laughs> they could both be on the same call. And, uh-huh. um, and I kind of told them, like, what I thought. I was like, I can't believe you did this. And I just went off on them and pretty much destroyed my relationship with them because I wanted them to know it's not okay to do what they did to my mom. Right. I call my mom back, and I go, Mom, I just told them, and I, like, told her everything I said, and she said, why did you do that? I said, to stick up for you. They can't push you around. And she said, who asked you to? Right. I was like, uh, what? She said, I didn't ask you to, to do that. So, like, one of the things I teach my kids is to ask before you advocate, right? Because yeah. some people might not want that. But I was so eager to get her approval and to show her, oh, I'll show them and I'll. But I just, that was really the last time I did something like that because it was so devastating. My brother and I were so close. Right. And then it took us years to patch that relationship because I so just wanted my mom's approval. So, 
so it's that idea of, okay, what is it that I want in my life? And how can I make that happen? And not hurt anyone, but also be true to who I am. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I want to backtrack to what you were talking about a little bit earlier about how you learn lessons from, you know, every single sort of like season and area of your life. This podcast is mainly geared towards high school and college students. So between the point where you were started feeling low and then you sort of initially got diagnosed, what lessons have you learned from that in between moment, like those in between moments? And what are some things that you sort of teach others that you found most important? Mm. That's great. So I kept my mental health conditions, some people call it mental illness, mental health conditions, I I use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. I kept them a secret once I was diagnosed. I didn't tell anyone for my, you know, because it's, you know, it was the 90s. <laughs> like, no one was talking about mental health like we are today. But I didn't tell anyone for years. And once I finally broke my silence, I mean, the only people that knew when I finally came out, I call it breaking my silence, when I broke my silence, and the only people that knew were my therapist, my husband, and my doctor. No. So once I came out and started sharing my story, amazing outpouring of support. Right. And even like I shared it very publicly. I was working at a high school at the time. I shared it. first time I ever told anyone about it was in front of 400 high school students. So I always joke if I can tell my story in front of a high school <laughs> filled with all my students and my colleagues, I can do it anywhere. But this idea that, gosh, I wish I would have done it sooner. I really wish I would have reached out for help sooner yeah. because people have been so understanding. And so, and you know, the few people who kind of don't get it, then they don't get it. And that's yeah. their problem. And I don't have to worry about it. But for the most part, people have been so gracious and understanding and, and really kind of said, I, you know, I had no idea and I wish you would have told me. Right. Um, and I, you know, said, well, I, I'm telling you now and I appreciate your support. But this is the idea that there's so much support out there and so much love that you really can if you, if you're feeling down and you're feeling, you know, really trapped. That was a big part of my depression is I felt so trapped in my life and who I was and the voice inside my head was so cruel. Mm-hmm. Like the things I said to myself, I would never say to someone else. And I didn't understand that at the time, I thought that's just who I was. Right. I didn't understand that, that that's not, my thoughts aren't who I am. Right. So if I could have reached out earlier and had, you know, had therapy earlier instead of waiting to my mid-20s, I mean, I think back to college, how many friendships I absolutely destroyed because, it, it, and the thing is, I didn't even realize I was depressed. It's not like I was like, oh, I suffer from depression, I'm not going to tell anyone. I just thought I was an asshole, honestly. And sorry to be so blunt. I just, in college, I was just a total stinker. And I just thought it was because people were on my nerves all the time. And I was tired. And I was bad. And it was because I was, I was depressed. Yeah. And so if, that's what, even, you know, reaching out to a friend. And, and if you're someone who, you know, one in five of us live with a mental health condition and, you know, 50% of everyone in their life will at some point have you know, a mental health challenge, right? If you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if you're one of those people who don't struggle, if someone reaches out to you, you know, just showing grace and saying, you know, how can I help? Let's get you, not even really saying that because it puts it back on them, just saying, hey, let's get you a therapist. Let's tell, you know, a counselor, especially if you're in high school. You know, I, I teach my girls, I have three kids, I have two girls and a boy, and I teach my girls my son too, but he's younger. You know, if a friend comes to you, get them help. Take, you know, t- ask them, can we go to the counselor? Can we do this? Because it shouldn't be all on you right. as the friend. You can't keep that kind of secret. So if someone asks you to keep that kind of secret, definitely say, I'm worried for your safety and I want to, I think we, let's figure something out. Yeah. But man, that's the biggest lesson. There's so, 
people are so much kinder than we give them credit for. But I have to say, though, I, having two girls in high school right now, I know there's also a lot of a lot of, a lot of speakers, if I like to call them, mm-hmm. in high school. So be careful. Be careful who you trust with your story. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you don't have anyone, just go to a counselor, call, Google Suicide Prevention Hotline, Google Mental Health Hotline. There's so many resources now. There's even texting that you can do. Uh, but yeah, be, yeah, be careful who you share with. No, 100%. That is so good. I want to touch on, we mentioned it before, but fulfillment, because fulfillment is a word that in the past couple of months, I've seen more pop up in my life. I know mm-hmm. you are, you feel very strong about it too. So just start by sort of like, what's your definition of fulfillment? Yeah, well, so on my website, I explain what I call the circle of fulfillment. Right. And it is, it's inspired by all the great, like, I've been a personal growth, like, junkie for as long as I can remember, like, back in the day. And I had cassette tapes of, like, Zig Ziglar and Marion Lampson and stuff that I would play in my car. And this circle of fulfillment really is inspired by Carl Jung, you know, if you know, in that Mr. Theory, and then Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and all this. But what it is, my definition of fulfillment is really when you can align with your true purpose. Mm. And when we talk about purpose, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of uh, uh, teenagers I talk to now, are so hung up on finding their passion, finding their purpose, and there's yes. all this pressure. I'm like, no, 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 no. All you have to do is, what are you curious about? Yes. And it's like, what are you curious about today? What are you curious? You know, it doesn't have to be some long-term, like, life goal that you, no, what are you curious about? What do you want to learn more about? And to remember that your purpose is not what you do, it's who you are. Mm. So... You know, when you think, oh, my purpose is because I I do this as a job, so I've got to get the right grades, so I can get the right college, so I can get the right degree, and then I'll be happy. And it's like, no, no, no. How can you find fulfillment now? And how I've done that with the circle of fulfillment is really to teach people to push away from being driven by status Mm. and being more guided by service. Yeah. Right? So if you find yourself in in this path where you're connected to ego, and, you know, and, and there's all sorts of different definitions of ego, but my favorite is Wayne Dyer's definition of ego is when we identify ourselves by what we have, what we do, and what other people think of us. Mm. And that's not who we are, right? But our ego wants us to think that's who we are. And a lot of times we get stuck in this cycle of trying to achieve status, right? Because that's what we're always doing, right? right. From, no matter what culture you're in, when you're raised, your parents, I've done it to my kids, it's just part of the, part of the journey, is that you're really kind of pushing them towards getting the good grades, you know, going to the right school, you know, doing all the sports, and then not only doing the sports, but then getting on the club team. And then you're on the club team, but now are you being recruited? It's like, oh my gosh. So it's this idea of like having to achieve status, and you think when you achieve that status, you're going to be happy. Right. And what happens a lot of times is you get there and you're like, ah, I still don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. I don't feel happy. Like, what is it about that? And there's some people who get there and they're absolutely happy and they're fine. And that's been what I talk about probably doesn't resonate with them. So that that's okay. I can't, re- like, <laughs> I can't resonate with everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you get there and you're not happy and you're tired of this cycle of just achieving and not feeling happy and achieving and not feeling happy, I really challenge you to say, okay. Instead of asking, like when you're driven by status, you're asking yourself, what's in it for me? How can I achieve more? Being guided by service, you're asking, how can I help? Right? And how can I serve? And so when I, you know, and I, a lot of my people I coach are are moms and the moms will say, well, I feel like I serve all the time. And maybe as a teenager, you feel like I serve all the time. I do everything my parents ask. I do everything my teachers ask. Well, then maybe you need to serve yourself. Right, it's that idea of putting your mask on first before you put on someone else's in the airplane. Mm-hmm. Right, so maybe it's time to serve yourself and ask yourself, okay, what can I do to help me right now? And if you're like, no, I, Angela, I'm good. 
then you're like, okay, so what can you do to serve others? Right now, where you are in your job, like if you're at school, whatever role you're playing, if you're you know on a sports team, what can I do to help in this situation? And you'll just see, and then if you do that, if you follow your heart, you're like, okay, I want to do that. I want to help in that way. It's amazing. It really lifts you up. Being able to serve others and serve yourself in this way that's guided more by aligning with your purpose. Oh my gosh, you'll feel so fulfilled and so much better. And it's what's tricky though is that you can't live in that perfect space of alignment all the time, right? right. So you're going to split back down and you'll find yourself, like I'll say stuff like, I'll go, oh, I'm being guided. I'm being connected to ego. And I have to like push away from that. Go, okay, what am I doing? I'm being judgmental. Okay, I'm going to push away from being judgmental. It's one of the habits and I'm going to practice compassion. Mm-hmm. So I need less judgment, need more compassion. And so it's this, and being really kind to yourself and not judging yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's what being mindful is all about is being in the present moment without judgment. Yes. So can you do that? Can you push away from ego in that way and be guided by service? Oh my goodness, Angela, that was <laughs> that literally. I oh. love that this <laughs> I'm over here like, like I feel like I'm a, I'm I don't even not, I'm not even Christian. I feel like I'm in church right now. Uh, that's pretty much how it is. Yeah. Like well, I'm not Christian either. So. This is so oh goodness. This is so 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 good because. When I, so my most, like, I guess you call it, like, popular thing I talk about. I don't know what you want to call it. But it's about passion, right? And, like, the the title of this podcast is Fashion Your Passion Podcast. But essentially what my goal was is to show teens that, you know, passion isn't about what you're going to do in your career in 10, 15 years. It's not about what you're going to do, you know, every day for the rest of your life. It's like, it's what ha- it makes you happy in that moment where you are and what you can sort of pursue more than once a week right now. And so you don't, you don't sort of get stuck in, you know, high school and the homework and the drama and all stuff like that. And for you to say that that is purpose, it just, it makes me personally feel a lot better about what I'm doing, but also I'm glad that those two messages connect. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah of course and I also wanted to comment I loved your definition or you know the definition of ego that you mentioned because I always hear like ego you know and I'm like okay like I need to step away from that but I never understood sort of like what it meant and so I'm glad that you touched on that too. It's holy. So when you look at the circle fulfillment and you look at the different stages, but like the first stage is accumulation where you're learning everything from your parents and your teachers of what you need to do to be driven by status and to achieve that status. But really that next stage is called attachment. Yeah. So when you're hovering between being driven by status and being connected to ego, you know, when you're in that, I call it a cycle of suffering because you're just going back and forth trying to figure this out and you're stuck. Really that attachment is when you are attaching your identity to your ego, right. right? When you're attaching what you do to who you are, mm-hmm. you know, that's really what I want to teach so many people. Really, I can tell you, like, my secret, and I hope this resonates with, like, the teens and the college age people that are, if I could teach, like, my underlying goal is to help people, especially parents, heal and find fulfillment so they will lay off their children and stop living through their children. Mm. <laughs> my ultimate purpose. Because I see these kids, I love, you know, I've worked at schools for a long time. Yeah. As a fundraiser, I've, you know, I've 
have two teenagers of my own. I went through, you know, my depression as a teenager because I just wanted the approval of everyone around me, right? Like I've talked about. So if parents can stop living through their children and realize that children are here on their own journey mm. and are here to achieve their own, like, fulfillment, that it's, you know, I always I tell parents, your children are not your report card, right? So they're not, every time I drive past a sticker that's like, my kids and honors, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor child. Yeah. The pressure that we put on our children. I mean, I was at a soccer tournament a few weekends ago where this dad was whipping into his son. It was an indoor soccer tournament. Right. And was screaming at him. And I look over at this little buddy and he's like, seven. <laughs> like, and you can oh see his lip quivering. Goodness. And his dad is like dropping the F-bomb. And I was like, I can't believe you did this. And on and on. And I'm like, oh my God, let it go, buddy. You, you're no longer playing soccer. Let him play soccer. Yeah. Let him have his own experience without... I mean, and then his dad got so mad, he turned around and walked off, and he just fell in a puddle and just started crying. His mom came over and held him, and I was like, you know, <laughs> there's so many other ways that we can parent yeah. rather than being that helicopter parent or trying to live through our children. I don't tell people that when I'm coaching them. They listen to the podcast. <laughs> Of course, I'm gonna like. I want everyone to listen to this, so they're gonna get it now. But it's just this idea: of, like, can you give your children some space to be who they're meant to be? Yeah, that's exactly. really what I want. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And one of my favorite episodes of my podcast, which I'm kind of biased about, but when I interviewed my mentor, she said how, you know, a lot of times she'll have students where they tell her like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do what my dad did or oh, yeah, I'm just going to do like what my mom did or like whatever. But she I know she said she encourages them to really, you know, sort of come into their own and do what they want to do. So like, what are your personal top tips on that in terms of like, you know, having like for teenagers who, you know, their parents are emphasizing so much of of what they do on their kids that, you know, the teens can't really sort of figure out what they personally want to do. That makes sense. Well, I think first having a, a tough conversation with mom or dad and just saying, you know, really when it comes down to it, most parents will say they just want their children to be happy, yeah. right? And but now their definition of happy can be different, right? Because it's, it's, that's where it gets tricky. But if a teen went to, if my, let's just say if my daughter came to me and said, mom, I know you want me to do this but I, I really don't want to. I'm not interested in it. And it really, I'm not happy. I'm really, I, I'm trying to, you know, create my own path here and trying to find what brings me joy, what brings me fulfillment. And if I spend my time doing this, X, Y, Z, whatever it is that they don't like to do mm-hmm. um, or whatever expectations are on them, I'm saying, I, you know, I, I really feel like I'm not getting to live my life. And that can work with one parent. Another thing, if you want to, the parent is like, super intense, like, no, 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 you have to achieve, you know, just say, you know, I want to follow my passion and the money will come. So that's what I, I, in my career, my full-time career as a fundraiser, that's what pays the bills right now. Cause I'm just starting on my coaching and teaching journey these past six months. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know I was going to end up as a nonprofit executive. I just knew I liked to help people mm-hmm. and I knew I liked to tell stories. So that turned into me becoming a fundraiser and I've done it for the past 20 years and fundraisers make a really great living but if I would have said hey I want to you know if I only followed what I thought was going to make money I would have been miserable I probably would have gone to law school and I would have been absolutely miserable because I felt pressure to do that as well you know and I think parents don't realize the power like you know I had a cousin who was studying art and I remember you know around the dinner table people talking about what's she ever going to do with an art degree you can't make money at that like all this but she really loves this you know it's just these little comments I don't think parents realize it's actually original question I think t- sitting down talking with your parents and saying 
you know, what do you want from me? Mm. What is it that you really want? And put the question back on them and they're going to say, I want you to be happy. I want you to feel fulfilled. And you say, okay, well then I need to explore some other things because what you have me doing right now is not making me happy. It's mm. not bringing me fulfillment. I'm not interested in it. I'm interested in this. And this is what I want to pursue and I want to see where it leads. I want to be free to live my life and see how they react to that and yeah. see how they respond to it. Yeah, no, 100%. Because, you know, like, now my family is very supportive of, like, me eventually becoming a speaker and stuff like that. But, like, when I first, like, brought it up and, I, you know, because I originally had planned to be, a, like, a school teacher and then I wanted to be a rabbi. And when I had brought up the, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm dropping my Jewish studies degree and I'm just, you know, going to start, like, focusing on trying to, you know, go out and speak and stuff like that. My mom goes, well, maybe you should, you know, like, have an education major as well just in case. And I go, yeah. no, I go, that's not what I want to do anymore. I go, yes, that was what I wanted to do four years ago. But I was like, I need to go all in on this and see where it takes me. And if it doesn't take me where I want to go, then maybe in, you know, 10 years from now, I'll come back and, you know, get a degree like that or whatever. But I need to do this right now. And yes, it was like, you know, she made me question like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that just in case. But at the same time, like I knew in my heart that I was going to want to stay fully committed to this part of my journey and so I was like you know what let me just do this all in and see what happens yeah yeah I love that and then have you read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert yes oh my god it's so good so So good good. and so this part where she I love this part where she's like when I think someone came up to her and was like I'm gonna quit my job and become a writer she's like no (laughs) yeah right right follow that passion you gotta pay your bill yeah right so, you know, you might have to, you know, understand, okay, if you're going to follow this passion of becoming a speaker, that you might have to wait tables some, a couple of days a week to help pay the bills. Right. You know, but that, you know, you don't want to do things that are going to take too much time away because you want to, but you've got to, you know, be able to be like paying the bills. And so I think once you realize that and you're, because that's all that's going to do is help support you mm-hmm. financially to pursue your dream of being, you know, a speaker. Yeah, no, 100%. I feel like I'm so lucky just because I'm sort of having these like little epiphanies like so early on that it's like it's just so much easier for me to like, you know, change course. And that's why, you know, I run this podcast for it's like I want other teens and college students to have these epiphanies like when I had them that way it's you know like it's not easier but it just they're able to sort of like figure out what they love and like what they want to do as a career and sort of you know enhance their lives earlier on in order to have again more of a fulfilled life later on yeah yeah and I write about these things called dots on my blog and so dots are so Steve Jobs gave this fantastic commencement speech at Stanford years ago and have you heard it I so think good. I have but yeah okay google it I listen to it at least once a year it's so uh-huh. great go to YouTube so he talks about this idea that these you can't really connect the dots of your life until you look back and you go, oh, and it's all leads back like him doing the work he did in technology all stems back to a calligraphy course he took years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he was, and so, you know, it's like you don't know what's going to happen. So he was interested in learning a little bit more about calligraphy and took a calligraphy course. And then that led to him questioning why aren't there prettier fonts on these, you know, bohemians of computers in the early 80s that led to, you know, led and led and led to Apple. So mm-hmm. this idea that if you can just follow those passions and just trust, let your journey unfold, mm. You know, just kind of trust that, that things will happen for a reason and, and will come to you. You can't sit in your room or your dorm room and expect things to come to you. But you go out there, you do the work, you do the, you kind of like say to the universe, you know, there's all this talk of manifestation right now, which I I totally believe in. But I also think it's a, it's a combination of work and manifestation. 
yes, <laughs> you yes. Put your, put your intentions out there, but you got to go out and network and meet people and try new things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I changed my major four times in college, right. four times. And so finally, I, you know, was getting ready to change it to philosophy. And my mentor at the time, I worked in the uh, admission office at my university, and I did like, oh, you know, I did the campus tours, and I went around to, to high schools and talked about my college. And she said, you know, what you do now is a profession, and you're really good at it. And I was like, no. And she was, yeah, it's called public relations. And yeah. We have that major here. Because back then, this was like 96, like a ton of people didn't talk about PR or public relations. And so I was like, wait, what? Like, I love doing this. This is a thing. She goes, yes, you could do this for a living. Mm-hmm. She said, this is what my degree is in. So, you know, it took me, I mean, I thought I wanted to be an occupational therapist. And then I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And, you know, all these things that I just, you know, said, okay, I, this is what I, I love doing. I love to talk to people. I love to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. I love to share my story and then connect. I love to connect people. So who knew that it would lead to this career? Right. Because I had a fantastic mentor who I'm still in contact with today who kind of guided me to what I didn't know. You know, So to be open, like if I hadn't I've gotten that job and worked with her and let her you know, talk to her, she would have said, no, Angela, like, PR is where you need to be. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Because I... My mentor, actually, so I'm now a communications major, and my mentor got her master's degree in communications, and I had told her in August, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to double major in Jewish studies and communications, and she kind of was like, really? You're going to double major in both of those? She's like, Sammy, like, like full on, just go communication. She's like, you said, you told me before, like, you're not really, like, leaning towards Jewish studies anymore, so why are you going to pursue it for? And I remember, like, the end of last semester, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be a communications major, and the minute I said it out loud, like I felt so much better about moving forward like it was like some weight had like lifted off my shoulders and since like you know it's only been a month or so but since then it's just like I just can see so much clearer it's incredible truly and I'm so happy like I'm so grateful yeah. for her to you know have yeah, said so that right now you're feeling aligned right mm-hmm. so that's how it feels when you're like ah, like and everything's kind of clicking you're like okay I feel aligned and maybe Two years from now, you'd be like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's this. So you kind of shift that way. But just being, you know, I don't advise zigzagging through life. But if you're able to kind of let your life guide you and, and see where it takes, like, takes you, you can go on some pretty amazing places. No, for sure. For sure. This has been an amazing conversation. And I want to throw out this final question. This is the question that I ask all of the guests who have ever come on this podcast. So based off the title of the podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip out of all the tips you've given so far or another one if you haven't said it so far that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Follow your curiosity. Mm. Follow that. Whatever you're curious about, and stay curious. So good. Follow that and see where it leads. Yes. That is so good. Where can people find you on like social media, like the interwebs and stuff like that? Yeah, if you just Googled Needless Journey, but the best place is needlessjourney.com. So it's N-E-E-D-L-E-S-S journey.com. And Instagram is at Needless Journey. And I do live meditations every weekday at 7 a.m., which I know is really early. I'm <laughs> like 4 a.m. for you. Oh, they, they, stay, they stay in my story, of course, all day. And I, yeah, so that's, I do that. And then I do a little coffee chat, too. So yes. I'm really active on Instagram and Facebook. You can yes. find me on Facebook at Needless Journey. Yes. I definitely tune in later in the day, for sure. I'll let you know that. Because, <laughs> like, like, during break, I was like, okay, like, yes, like, you know, 7 a.m., fine. And I come back here, I was like, oh, 7 a.m. I was like, 4 in the morning. I was like, no, you know what? 
but they're so they're so good yeah i love them they're great so thank you so 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 much for being on this podcast i appreciate it immensely for those of you listening don't forget to screenshot you watch listening to the episode post it on your instagram story and tag me at fashion your passion podcast and Angela as well. And we want to hear all about what you learned from this episode because there were so many golden nuggets. Angela, again, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.